I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. to NAMIS, National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, more than 600,000 persons go missing in the United States every year. 89 to 92% of those are found either alive or dead. However, that leaves roughly 10% of 600,000 uncovered. There are 424 national parks in the United States, encompassing about 84 million acres, with over 45,000 caves located in the United States. That's a shit ton of land. Like, 84 million acres and 45,000 caves. Right. That's a lot of movie, like, descent movies. A lot of descent movies, right. (laughs) So, I, on the back of the packet of the script that I wrote, Mm -hmm. I want you to look at these maps. Okay, Okay, uh-huh. so yep. look at these two maps. One is the known locations, or the last known locations of people who have disappeared, and the other is the known cave systems within the United States. Do you oh, know, shit, Do you yes. notice anything? Yes. There, so the map I'm looking at clearly shows where the cave systems are a factor here in the missing people. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially here in the Midwest, like Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, and... Yeah, there, there's clearly a, right. that's, it. well, it's, it's, obviously people, if they're exploring caves, they're going to get lost. And yes. I also think of the movie Descent. Right. So, like, you know, again, some of these dis- disappearances can be explained by, you know, inexperienced hikers, accidents, you know, getting lost in caves, like you said. But what if there is something else uh, out yeah, there? Yeah, I think there's something else. Hunting in the shadows for those who are lost in the woods. Yeah. Steph, have you heard of the Wendigo? I have. You have. Okay. You know I have. I know you have. <laughs> well, because so the first time we probably heard about it was in an episode of Supernatural right. that we watched 10 years ago, probably right. when I was preggers. Right. Um, and yeah, I remember that, that Sam and Dean fight a Wendigo. Right. So legend says that um, the Wendigo was a lost hunter. Mm. Uh, he was facing starvation through a frigidly cold winter, the intense hunger driving him to cannibalism. Mm. After consuming human flesh, he turns into a horrible man-eating creature destined to roam the countryside for more human flesh to consume, never to be satisfied. Another version of the story is that of a hunter that made a deal with a devil. In order to save his tribe, he gave up his soul and was turned into a flesh-craving monster. After the tribe was saved and there was peace, the monster really wasn't needed anymore. So it was banished to the forest. Never give your soul to Satan. I don't recommend it. Not a mm-hmm. good idea. Right. 
The Wendigo comes from Native American folklore, specifically the Angonquin tribe, uh, speaking tribes, which means evil spirit. Mm. Basil H. Johnston, an uh, Ojibwe teacher and scholar from Ontario, describes the Wendigo as the following. The Wendigo was gone to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into its sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton, recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from suffocation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. The Ojibwe are a tribe of Native Americans that resided in what is now um, southern Can- Canada and northern the northern midwestern part of the United States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wendigos are often described as being giants, mm. many times larger than a human. And when it would eat a person, its body would grow to accommodate to the meal it had just eaten so that it was never full. Therefore, Wendigos are portrayed as extremely gluttonous and thin due to starvation because they're never actually full. Right. Gluttony. Mm -hmm. The embodiment. They are are the embodiment of gluttony. Right. Um, So the creature said to have several skills and powers, including stealth. Um, It's a near perfect hunter. Mm. um, Knows and uses every inch of its territory and allegedly can control the weather through dark magic. See, I didn't know that piece about being able to control the weather. That's interesting. uh, Yeah. So I I didn't find anything else about that. (laughs) I didn't find any stories regarding that. Um, The only thing that it seems to appear during like snowstorms and mm-hmm. a lot of cold, cold winters. Mm-hmm. But I think also the thing is, is that because it's related to like people starving and like, you know, needing food, when are they starving and needing food the most? It's in the winter when they can't hunt, when, you know, the native Americans can't hunt anything really because there's right. not a lot there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a Wendigo will also taunt its victims. Interesting. It can survive partial dismemberment and will engage in auto cannibalism. Oof. Yeah. And so um, it's as evidenced by this quote from Lottie Chickawa Marston, an ethnographer of the Chippewas of Ramey First Nation, referenced. And it, there's, I, I looked a lot on their Wikipedia of, of Wendigos. Okay. So um, that's where I started. And then I went down a deep dive to like all these different mm, articles. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one time, long ago, a big wendigo stole an Indian boy, but the boy was too thin, so the wendigo didn't eat him up right away, but he traveled with the Indian boy waiting for him till he got fat. Mm. The wendigo had a knife, and he cut the boy on the hand to see if he was fat enough to eat, but the boy didn't get fat. They traveled too much. One day, they came to an Indian village and the Wendigo sent the boy to the Indian village to get some things for him to eat. He just gave the boy so much time to go there and back. The boy told the Indians that the Wendigo was near them and showed them his hand where the Wendigo cut him to see if he was fat enough to eat. They heard the Wendigo calling the boy. He said to the boy, Hurry up. Don't tell lies to these Indians. 
all of these Indians went to where the Wendigo was to cut off his legs. Mm. They went back again to see if he was dead. He wasn't dead. He was eating the juice from inside of the bones of his legs. Oh, they were cut the off. marrow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Indians asked the Wendigo if there was any fat on them. He said, You bet there is. I have eaten lots of Indians. No wonder they are fat. The Indians then killed him and cut him into pieces, and this was the end of the great giant Wendigo. Oh my gosh. So, um, that... It, it, it's a pretty disturbing story. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of the, and, and, and Native Americans tell a lot of, you know, oral history and, right. and a lot of, you know, stories. Um, and a lot of these stories kind of do the same um, kind of through line where it's this very evil monster that's out there, um, you know, and constantly hungry for human flesh, never is satisfied, um, is very tricky um and 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 talks to his victims and stuff like that mm-hmm. um makes the sound of death whistles which Ooh. that's coming up Ooh. what i'm talking about but um yeah so it's very interesting you know just the folklore around this this entity right okay so eyewitnesses will often state that they hear screams and what are called death whistles mm-hmm. which are whistling sounds that leave a victim paralyzed they also state that they smell rotting corpses or meat mm. as the creature gets closer. Interesting. So just kind of think, like, if you're out in the woods, you know, walking along and you smell rotted meat and then you start hearing whistling. I don't, well, so I don't, I probably couldn't tell you what rotted meat smells like. Right. I can think of what, like, um... Like sulfur right. would smell like, but I can't distinguish between that and rotted mm-hmm. meat. Well, but I'm I, sure I they know say, because they probably I, have been used to. I do know what rotted meat tastes like, or it tastes like. Smells like. Smells okay. like because um, there in, in my job I have gone to some houses where there have been you know rotted meats and and things kind of out. Um, it, it smells pretty bad. Oh. So okay, could you describe it in some way? Is it like um, sour? Is it like what? It what would you describe it as? Oh gosh, like putrid, putrid, sour, um, almost like there's like an earthly, earthy type thing. Like like when I I know that sounds weird, but like like you know how mushrooms kind of smell earthy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's like kind of that piece to it. It's it's really. It's disgusting. Okay. If I if I describe it anymore, I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom and vomit. Okay. So, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so there's also cases of what's called Wendigo psychosis. Okay. Interesting. Where so there's a there's definitely a psychological piece here. Yeah, but it's, it goes a little bit different than that. So in in like so it's called Wendigo psychosis, and it's where a person is possessed by a Wendigo spirit. Oh. After being extremely hungry and needing food, resorting to cannibalism. Okay. In these cases, the folklore states that these people will become so hungry that they actually turn into a Wendigo and that the person is still trapped inside. So some of like the artistic representation um, of Wendigos, they'll show like a frozen heart on the inside. Oh, okay. And that's supposed to be that the person is still in there frozen with inside the beast. Interesting. So, um, 
And we'll get into some um, cases of Wendigo psychosis. But according to the APA Dictionary of Psychology, the syndrome of Wendigo psychosis is characterized by delusions of becoming possessed by a flesh-eating monster, the Wendigo, and is manifested in the symptoms of depression, violence, and a compulsive desire to eat human flesh, cannibalism. Mm. So, you know, we talked about in our previous episode of... um, werewolves yeah and yeah. how lycanthropy and how there's a you know a diagnosis of that so there, it's it's kind of one and the same but is this an this isn't an official diagnosis though. no no this is this this is like a long time ago that they you know called wendigo it's psychosis. not in the dsm whatever number lo- we're on i looked at the dsm-5 the wendigo psychosis i don't think is in there okay so. but lycanthropy is Right or no? I don't think it's in the DSM five anymore. Oh, it was okay. it was a while ago. Oh okay, so, interesting. I was just curious. But maybe I'm you know maybe I'm wrong on that. Okay. So um okay so according to the Jesuit ministries in sixteen sixty one missionary sorry in sixteen sixty one they reported the following: What caused us greater concern was the news that met us upon entering the lake, namely that the men. Uh, deputy by our conductor for the purpose of summoning the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming had met their death in the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those poor men, according to the report given to us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were afflicted with neither lunacy hypochondria, nor frenzy, but had a combination of all of these species of disease, which affected their imaginations and caused them a more than canine hunger. This made them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounced upon women, children, and even upon men, like veritable werewolves, and Mm. devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite even seeking fresh prey, and the more greedily, the more they ate. This ailment attacked attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among these simple people for checking such act of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. Interesting. So it's almost like a... That also sounds like lycanthropy. Though. Yeah, it also sounds a little bit like a zombie virus. Oh yeah, because it sounds like that you know these people, there's no way to cure them, so we are going to cure them by killing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the most famous cases of Wendigo psychosis reported involved a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner. During the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving, and his eldest son died. 25 miles away from emergency food supplies at Hudson's Bay Company Post, Swift Runner butchered and ate his wife and five remaining children. Mm. Given that he resorted to cannibalism so near to food supplies and that he killed and consumed the remains of all those present, it was revealed that Swift Runner was not a case of pure cannibalism as a result to avoid starvation, but rather of a man with Wendigo psychosis. He eventually confessed and was executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. So it wasn't. So he, so he had the ability to get food. He had there was food supplies were close, but he still. But it was like it. It sounds like um, 
he, yeah, he was just mad. He was just like insane. Like he mm-hmm. just attacked them and killed them for literally no reason. Like but other he, than but the thing the the thing is though, and like kind of the through line with these stories and this folklore is that the Wendigo or those with the Wendigo psychosis cannot like they can't become full. Yeah. So they could just keep going. They keep eating. The gluttony. The I know. Gluttony yeah. It's, I mean, because, well, if you believe in the seven deadly sins, right? And gluttony is one of those. And it has this, like, so there's, like, this possession piece to it. It feels like you're possessed by the spirit of a Wendigo, and therefore you are committing these crimes. Right. Okay. So there's another story of an OG Cree man by the name of Jack Fiddler. He had become a famous shaman, like his father with the alleged ability to conjure animals and protect his people from spells. However, more importantly, according to his people, he could protect them from the Wendigo that was lurking in the area. He claimed to have defeated 14 Wendigos in his time. Hmm. In his time as a shaman, families would come to him to euthanize a loved one that was very sick before they, quote, turned Wendigo. Hmm. In 1907, mounted police arrived after hearing about Jack Fiddler's powers against the Wendigo. They arrested him for murder. Oh. Before leaving, they took eyewitnesses' accounts and declared that each man must give up any extra wives. The Mounties were the first white people that this tribe had ever seen. While he was awaiting trial, the Canada newspapers went into a frenzy over the headlines of murder and devil worship. The people demanded convictions, and the police saw the opportunity for fame. On September 30th, Jack escaped during a walk outside. He hung himself and was found three days later. So this story is a little interesting because in in this situation, the folklore of the Wendigo is used almost as a way to euthanize the sick. Yeah. Um. In in some of the stuff that I've read, it's almost like, oh, okay, like, you know, this person is dying. They're starving. So he was like, so a, um... I, I'm going to euthanize you before you become, quote, a Wendigo. What was the I'm doctor that would kill people? Um, Dr. Kevorkian? Kevorkian. So he was like the Native American version of that? I don't want to call him that. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, I, mean, I think, it, I think it's more of a, it's, it's more of a, like, you know. I'm going to save your soul type of situation. Oh, so he thinks he's actually saving your soul. Yeah, I think it's more of that. I don't think okay. it's like, I'm just going to end your life. I think it's more like, you know, you're you're becoming sick. You are going to turn into this, you know, legendary monster, or you might become this legendary monster. So I might as well end your life now to save not only you, but to save our tribe. Interesting. And therefore, he because the the authorities right the mm. the canadian mounties decided that he was actually committing murder and there was like this like idea that devil worship was involved and so they therefore they were going to um, convict him and and, and try him he, for murder but he escaped and he killed himself right before that could occur okay that's interesting right so and how, do we know did we, did we know that was 1907 okay so yeah, that cool. was uh 100 and what four no 100 and <laughs> you do was, the math i can't do math <laughs> it was over 100 years ago okay so yeah so most of these situations occurred you know well like 
back in time. Right. You know, at the early points of the of the, you know, United States. Right. So things were different. People believed right. in superstition and folklore and right. yeah. So fast forward to 2019. Oh, okay. All right. Gino Minkus was hunting grouse with his wife and grandson. Grouse, is that like... That's a bird. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, With his grandson in the forest of northwestern Ontario, about 30 miles from the closest town when he first heard it. A long howl from the tree lines, followed by shrieks. Quote, When I let out the first scream, I thought it was a moose. But my mind changed when it screamed again and again. Minkus told Vice. Minkus was an avid hunter and was used to the sounds of larger animals moving through the wilderness. However, he had never heard anything like this before. Quote, I've heard many different animals in the wild, but nothing like this. I grew up hunting with my grandfather for the first 12 years of my life, he said. The howls and shrieks were moving closer too close for comfort for Gino's wife. She picked up their grandson and started to hurry towards the vehicle. Quote, we could hear it moving. It sounded kind of heavy, Mingus told CTV News. As they retreated to their vehicle, he pulled out his phone and started to record the sounds. The video on YouTube has been viewed half a million times. I'm going to play the video for you now, but I'm also going to link it to the description, um, you know, when we put up this episode of the podcast. But um, I have to say, like, this video, the sounds are very interesting. So what did you think of that? Well, okay. So to, to let our listeners kind of know what I just saw is it, it clearly it's a, it's a video they took. You can see the, the, the forest, like the, the wood, um, the trees in the background and there's a baby that's obviously making noise and, um, you hear this like wailing off in the distance and it kind of gets closer mm-hmm. as, you know. So it's creepy. I mean, it's it's that's scary. I would not be want to be in that situation. <laughs> well, I I tend to be a, a skeptic of most things. Yeah. Um, so what did you think? 
Um, it it actually freaked me out a little bit because here's the thing: it's like you know, I feel like with like ghosts and things like that, like some of that stuff can be maybe explained a little bit, like with like with the environment or you know just kind of that. But you know, there's so much. You know, like I said at the beginning, there's so many forests and caves out there. You know, we don't that we haven't explored yet. It's very you know logical to think that there is something out there that we don't know about yet. Um, and mm-hmm. that sounds otherworldly. It doesn't sound like a wolf or a bear. I, I know what a bear sounds like because I've heard one firsthand when I went camping with my dad. But um, I that doesn't sound like anything I've heard before. Yeah. I mean, I, I so. don't go... I go glamping. I don't go camping, so... <laughs> Right. So, um, Wendigos have had kind of a resurgence in popularity as of recently. Okay. Um, for instance, there's a hashtag on Twitter. Oh, shit. Or not Twitter, not Twitter, TikTok. TikTok, sorry. I, you know. Well, it might be on Twitter, too, but on TikTok, Um, okay. And so, it's of people stating they've seen a Wendigo, usually kind of a fake video. um, Or stating they've heard death whistles. Um, But there was a recent film in 2021 called Antlers. That also dealt with the Wendigo legend. Um, the IMDb synopsis reads, In an isolated Oregon town, a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother become embroiled with an enigmatic igna- student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with an ancestral creature. And that, so, um, where do we, we, we watched that recently. What was it on? Where where can folks find that if they want to watch? HBO Max. It was HBO Max. I believe it's HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like it. Um, I think it's a little different than the general monster movie type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very creepy. Um, it, it deals... It, it talks It's about, a little slow at first. It is then slow. It, it does kind of pick up and the ending's really good. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, it deals with like a small little mountain town and what it's like living in that small mountain town. Um, and then kind of just like grief and substance use. And mm-hmm. then there's, um, you know, the Wendigo. <laughs> um, so it, it's a very interesting movie. I would suggest you check it out. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. But uh, Steph, I know how much you love those scary stories you tell in the dark books written by alvin schwartz yes and they're my fave right well did you know there is a wendigo story in those i did would you like me to read it yeah you can read it i haven't read anything really so okay the wendigo a wealthy man wanted to go hunting in a part of northern canada where few people had ever hunted He traveled to a trading post and tried to find a guide to take him, but no one would do it. It was too dangerous, they said. Finally, he found an Indian who needed money badly, and he agreed to take him. The Indian's name was Defago. They made camp in the snow near a large frozen lake. For three days they hunted, but they had nothing to show for it. The third night, a windstorm came up. They lay in their tent listening to the wind howling and the trees whipping back and forth. To see the storm better, the hunter opened the tent flap. When he saw what he saw, 
startled him. There wasn't a breath of air stirring, and the trees were standing perfectly still. Yet, he could hear the wind howling. And the more he listened, the more it sounded as if it were calling Defago's name. It called. I must be losing my mind, the hunter thought. But Defago had gotten out of his sleeping bag. He was huddled in a corner of the tent, his head buried in his arms. What's this all about? the hunter asked. It's nothing. Defago said, but the wind continued to call to him, and Defago became more tense and more restless. Defago, it called. Defago. Suddenly, he jumped to his feet and he began to run from the tent. But the hunter grabbed him and wrestled him to the ground. You can't leave me out here, the hunter shouted. Then the wind called again, and Defago broke loose and ran into the darkness. The hunter could hear him screaming as he went. Again and again he cried, Oh, my fiery feet, my burning feet of fire! Then his voice faded away, and the wind died down. At daybreak, the hunter followed Defago's tracks in the snow. They went through the woods, down toward the lake, then out onto the ice. But soon he noticed something strange. The steps Defago had taken got longer and longer. They were no longer. No human being could have taken them. It was as if something had helped him to hurry away. The hunter followed the tracks out to the middle of the lake, but there, there they disappeared. At first he thought that Defago had fallen through the ice, but there wasn't any hole. Then he thought that something had pulled him off of the ice into the sky, but that didn't make any sense. As he stood wondering what had happened, the wind picked up again. Soon it was howling as if the night, as if it had the night before. Then he heard Defago's voice. It was coming from up above, and again he heard Defago screaming, My fiery feet! My burning feet! But there was nothing to be seen. Now the hunter wanted to leave that place as fast as he could. He went back to the camp, and he packed. Then he left some food for Defago, and he started out. Weeks later, he reached civilization. In the following year, he came back to hunt in that area again. He went to the same trading post to look for a guide. The people there could not explain what had happened to Defago that night, but they had not seen him since then. Maybe it was the Wendigo, one of them said, and he laughed. It's supposed to come with the wind. It drags you along at great speed until your feet are burned away, and more of you than that. Then it carries you into the sky and it drops you. It's just a crazy story, but that's what some of the Indians say.
A few days later, the hunter was at the trading post again. An Indian came in and sat by the fire. He had a blanket wrapped around him, and he wore his hat so that he couldn't see his face. The hunter thought there was something familiar about him. He walked over and he asked, Are you Defago? The Indian didn't answer. Do you know anything about him? No answer. He began to wonder if something was wrong, if the man needed help, but he couldn't see his face. Are you all right? he asked. No answer. To get a look at him, he lifted the Indian's hat. Then he screamed, Ah! There is nothing under the hat but a pile of ashes. <laughs> well, I hope your ear, I hope your eardrums. Sorry, folks, I had to do it. Are okay on that one. So yeah, so these are great books. The scary stories to tell in the dark, um, collected from folklore and retold by Alvin Schwartz, is fantastic. Um, so yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your eardrums. So, um, listeners, what do you think of the Wendigo and the disappearances in, in the National Forests? Please remember, you can always email us with your own paranormal experiences or things that have happened to you, weird, strange things you want to tell us about. We'd love to hear from you. We want to compile some future listener stories. So email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Spirited Spirits. I'm not super great about keeping that updated but i do love instagram that's um instagram is at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast and uh follow us in any way you can email us twitter instagram we love to hear from you yeah and we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode um i enjoyed doing the research this time yeah it was fun um we hope you and you know join us next week while we talk about spirits and we sip on some spirits Bye. Bye.